Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. I want to get into the Word of God today, and I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22, and I want to speak to you from the perspective of going for greater, going for greater. So here in Matthew chapter 4, it says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living jesus called out to them come follow me and i will show you how to fish for people verse 20 says and they let they left their nets at once and followed him a little farther up the shore he saw two other brothers james and john sitting in a boat with their father zebedee repairing their nets and he called them to come too they immediately followed him leaving the boat and their father behind see while there are many uncertainties that one might face when 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 following god there is one thing that we can be certain of and one thing that does not change and that is that god will never call you out or bring you out of something to take you to a a lesser thing. God is not going to call you out of a bad situation into a worse situation, right? God will always call you and lead you to something greater. See, because God doesn't just call you out of something, God calls you to something, right? And so this is a principle that you and I, we can truly ground our our faith in and we can ground our faith on. See, when God calls us to move or God might call us to leave or when God might call us to change or change in direction, then, then I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is calling me to something greater. God is leading me to something greater and now now the problem is is that it's oftentimes easy to leave something that is bad right it's oftentimes easy to leave a a dire or a difficult situation and you know to leave a negative situation but what happens when God calls us out of something good what happens when God calls us out of a place that we might be comfortable with we're within our our comfort zone or we're within you know that 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 place where we feel like like we finally have it together that things are are finally are are finally working out and we're starting to see things right you know it's often easier to leave those bad those broken those dysfunction but it's not always easy to leave the good right now now the problem is is that sometimes good can be the greatest enemy of the greater why because we can become intoxicated with with the good that we will forfeit the great we can we can become so involved and obsessed with with the good that's going on in in our lives that that we might miss out on something that god is calling us to something that that god is trying to do because we often conform with just being good 
We, we, we conform to, to just being a, a good person, right? I, we, if I ask you, are you a good person? I'm sure all of us would admit that we're probably a good person. We're good people, hopefully, right? Right? And, and, and we, can, we, we, we conform with, with good, right? We conform with, with being good, being a good person or, or having a, a good marriage or, or having a, a good family or I have a good job or I have good finances or, or I'm even going to a, a, a good church. But I've got news for you that God is not interested in you just having a good life or just having a good marriage or just just having a good family or just a good relationship or even just having a good church, right? Because there are few things that can kill or destroy your destiny as effectively and efficiently as conformity. Boy, Eminem got nothing on me, right? I can throw down some rhymes pretty good, right? There are few things that can kill your destiny but as effectively and efficiently as that which is good, right? Because good is, is good. We, we conform with good, right? We, we often get so intoxicated with the good that, that we just feel like this is as good as, as it can get, right? And, and we may be so conformed with where we are and what we have that we miss out on what God has for us. See, some of you, it was hard for you to leave your good church to come to a great church. Right? Because we, we, we get to the place or the point where we just, we, we, we conform to, to good. Just a little self-promotion. It's all right. But I've got news for you. God did not send his one and only son, Jesus, so that you could have a good life. Jesus came so that you could have a great life. He came so that you could have a great marriage. You could have a great family and you can have a great church. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John 10.10. He said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, Jesus came so not that you could just have a good life so you could get by or just have a good marriage, just survive. God came so that you can have a great life, a great family, and a great marriage. Now, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be great in your life or everything is going to always be perfect. That doesn't mean that you're not going to, you're, you're not going to go through difficulties and, 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 and hardships and and, and tragedies in life because as long as we're confined to this imperfect body and this imperfect world and connected to imperfect people, we're always going to go through things. But, but God's greatness is in the fact that even within the context of those tragedies and those hardships, God will always work out his purpose to pass in your life. So in Matthew 4, we find Peter, James, and John and the Bible says that they were fishing on the sea. They were fishing for a living. I know there's a few of you men in here that, man, that's a great job to have, to fish for a living, right? Right, just to fish for a living. And there they were fishing for a living. 
See, we don't know what was going on in their minds. We don't know what was going on in their heads. We don't know if maybe they had been daydreaming or talking about doing something greater or being involved in something greater. But what we do know is that day, they got up at the crack of dawn, just like fishermen have to do. That's why I'll never be a fisherman, right? Uh, you, you will, you'll find me fishing at three in the afternoon, right? <laughs> but pastor, you're not going to catch anything. Maybe that's why I don't catch anything, right? But they got up that day at the crack of dawn and they got their their best chanclas ready and they got everything ready and they went out to do everything like like they normally do thinking that it was just going to be like every other day not knowing that that day that they would have an opportunity to leave the good for something greater and there they were so Jesus called out to them he said, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. See, oftentimes the enemy of greater is, is good because we, we, we conform. And, and, and as long as we're, we're conformed with just being good or having a, a good life or having a good marriage, you know, as long as we're there. See, for most of us, it's easy to leave the bad, but it, it's hard for us to impulse and have that self-initiative to do things differently in our life, Right? But you'll never get to greater as long as you're just happy with the good. And see, the reality is, is the good in our lives often isn't really good. We've just got conformed to it. We've, it's just become familiar to us. You know, you're, you're married. Don't even talk to your spouse. Oh, we got a good marriage. We don't fight. Yeah, but y'all don't talk. Hello? Right? It's good. Life is good. And see, oftentimes we th what we think is good is just something that we become familiar with. It's comfortable. He does his thing. I do my thing. Let me tell you, God didn't call you to do your thing and you to do your thing. God called you to do the one thing together, to live together, to have a great life, a great marriage, and a great family. So, if you're going to go for greater, you have to be willing to walk away from the good. And, 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 it, and it's not always easy. Understand the reason we're so, we're, we're, we're so infatuated with what is good is because the good is familiar, right? The good is certain. You know, I, I, I know I'm in this relationship. I shouldn't be, but, but he's good to me. If that's all you want out of a relationship, then you're looking for the wrong thing because God is not going to bring someone in your life just to be good to you. You need to have someone that's going to love you, that's going to treasure you, that's going to build you up, that's going to encourage you, that's going to pour into you, someone that's going to serve you. Oh, but I'm in this place, oh, because he's good. But you'll never get to greater unless you're willing to walk away from something good. So that day, Jesus walks up to them, right? And, and, and the Bible doesn't say anything about, you know, 
within the context of scripture that we can ascertain that Peter, James, and John were, were having a hard time, that they were looking for a promotion, that they were looking to do something differently. The Bible doesn't say that they were, that they, they, they were just fed up with fishing. No, the, the, they were living a good life. They were, they were doing their thing. They were doing what, what they thought they were called and created to do. So the Bible does not say that, 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 they, could, they, that they were looking for something else so they were living that good life and there they were Jesus comes in interrupts their life with an opportunity to leave the good for something greater now I know some of you Bible scholars are probably sitting there but God pastor but isn't it like like down the road like wasn't Peter like eventually crucified upside down in an X like that's not my idea of greater right we're not going to get to that part of the scripture right now but one thing I will I will assure you is if that day you get to heaven, hoping you make it, you have a conversation with Peter. And if you ask Peter, Peter, would you do it all over again? I guarantee you Peter would say, I would do it every day of my life. So the Bible says that Jesus called out to them, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And it says, verse 20, and they left their nets at once and followed him. In Luke, in Luke chapter 5, it says, they immediately left everything. So in order to go for greater, you're going to have to be willing to walk away from good. But also, you're going to have to let some stuff go. You're going to have to let some people go. You're going to have to let some relationships go. See, Jesus makes the invitation, and the Bible says immediately that they dropped their nets, and they had to let go. And see, the problem is, is it's not just walking away from the good, but you have to be willing to let things go. See, you can't take old things into your new season. You can't take old habits and old attitudes and old relationships. You've got to be willing to let things go. Could you imagine how ridiculous? Peter, James, and John would look at the invitation of Jesus if they would have been walking all around the desert following Jesus, following their rabbi, following their master, dragging their net because they need a plan B or a backup plan, right? Can you imagine how, how ridiculous if they would have been walking all over the desert with that net just in case this, this, you know, this whole Messiah thing doesn't work out. You know, we can always just throw, we'll find a charco somewhere, right? Charco is the Greek word for pond. And, and man, it sounds so biblical, right? And, and so, you know, we'll just throw our net and, and we'll just catch some fish. And we'll, you know, we're, we're just, could you imagine? But no, they understood that it was not just about leaving the good. There were some things that they had to leave behind. There were some things that they had to let go of. There were some things that they, they had to release. In fact, Paul puts it this way in Philippians 3.13. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead and see the problem that some of the things are not working out in your life is because you're holding on to old nets see nets don't all, just always catch fish but we all use the term of safety net 
right? Just, just something secure, something, something comfortable, something I, I'm just going to hold on to just, just in case this whole church thing doesn't work out or the ministry doesn't work out. I'm, I, I'm not going to let things go. I'm, I'm just going to hold on to it and, and, and hold on to it. And, and see, you can't take old things into a new season. You're going to have to let some things go. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Tell your neighbor, let it go. Tell your other neighbor, you let it go. Tell your neighbor back, no, you let it go. Or you can say, I'm not telling my neighbor nothing. That's up to you. But see, this is something that we see throughout Scripture, right? This is something that we see consistently. In fact, Abraham had to let go of his family. Moses had to let go of his past. Joseph had to let go of the pain of rejection. David had to let go of his failure. Elijah had to let go of his self-pity. Elijah had to let go of his plow. Peter, James, and John had to let go of their nets. Paul had to let go of his affluence. And Jesus had to let go of his rightful place in heaven in order to accomplish the great things that God had destined for him in life. See, in order for you to move forward, you've got to let some things go. Like Sister Elsa would say, just let it go. And so people would say, but pastor, this, this, does, this, this, this thing doesn't work. I've, I've tried the, the whole church thing. I've been coming faithfully once a month over the last six months, right? I've been coming faithfully once a month, get it, for the last six months, right? You know, and, 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 and I've been trying this thing out and, and doing this thing, and it just, it doesn't work. The problem is that you're still holding on to things of the past. You can't, God can't do what he needs to do until you let it go you've got to let go of old habits you've got to let go of old attitudes you've got to let go of the things it's not going to work it's time to let it go it's time to let them go it's time to let him go it's time to let the pain of the past go it's time to let unforgiveness go it's time to let your failure go it's time to let your mistake go whatever you're holding on to that is hindering God's greater in your life it's time to let it go but let me tell you something letting go ain't easy why because we go back to what we said in the beginning because it feels good see sometimes that's the dichotomy of pain is that we can be so conformed and comfortable with our pain that something painful might even appear to be good oh man I'm preaching today Look it up. <laughs> Read a book. Oh, that's good. You have to let it go. And God is just saying, just, just trust me. See, one thing I've learned over the last 30 years of ministry. See, when I chose to go in ministry, people questioned, people wondered. 
what are you going to do? How are you going to make ends meet? How are you going to pay the bills? And I said, I don't know, but it's not my problem. That's his problem. Because when God called me to follow him, that's my job and that's my problem is to follow him. And he'll take care of the rest. That's what Matthew 6.33 says. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See, I'm not worried about the details because all I know is that if he called me, then I've got to go. When we said we're going to start a church in Eagle Pass where we didn't know anybody and nobody knew us how are you going to do it I don't know but if he called me it's my job to follow him see we've got to let it go see greater requires greater obedience greater requires greater sacrifice greater requires greater generosity greater devotion and greater discipline. See, Einstein said it himself, is that you cannot ex do the same thing and expect a different result. He said that is the definition of insanity. And see, some of us wonder why is our marriage and our family and our finances and our health all in the same situation and our spiritual life in shambles is because you're not willing to let go of things and people and situations and past and pain and patterns. You've got to let them go so that you can move in to the greater. Some of you are waiting for Mr. Right and Mr. White just waiting for you to let go of Mr. Wrong. Right? Let go of Mr. Wrong and Mr. Right will show up. Yeah, but just in case he don't, got him on speed dial. He is prophetic. See, there's nothing problem with desiring greater. See, greatness... Or the desire for greatness is often misconstrued as, as being selfish or self-absorbed. But greatness in Scripture is never a bad thing. In fact, the Scripture clearly communicates that greatness is not just a good word. It is a God word. It is a word that the Scriptures use to describe God. In fact, Psalm 48.1 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. See, essentially the psalmist is saying that your praise should be a reflection of your revelation of his greatness. See, I used to think that the level of praise was determined by your culture or by your faith background. See, if you were Pentecostal or charismatic, then you would have the crazy praise. But if you grew up Baptist, Methodist, or Lutheran, maybe you had a more subdued praise. Or maybe if you were black or white or Latino or Hispanic, right, that would determine the, the kind of the praise you have. But I've come to learn that the level of your praise is determined by the hell that God brought you out of. See, when you recognize and realize that God has done something great in your life you can't help but get crazy you can't help but shout you can't help but dance and the problem with your praise is that you haven't gotten a revelation of God's greatness see your perception of God is determined by what God has done for you and so your praise is proportionate to your perception of God's greatness and your praise reveals your perception of his greatness but not only is the word great used to describe God, but it is a word that God uses. 
to describe others. Genesis 12 verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. So here God is making a prophetic promise to Abram. He says, I, if you follow me, if you do what I say, see it doesn't say that in, in, in this passage that we just read, but when you look at the complete context, God is telling Abraham, Abraham, you have to let go of your family. You have to let go of your land and you have to go to a place. And Abraham's like, where is that? And God says, you'll find out when you get there. All you have to do is follow me. All you have to do is walk. See, the contingency with Abraham is in order to get that blessing, in order for God to do what he wanted to do in his life. He had to be willing to walk away. He had to be willing to let people go, to let things go. He had to be willing to follow God. And when God says, if you do that, I'm going to make your name great, right? Why? Because when I make you great, I make you like me, right? So essentially, God is saying to Abraham, I need to make you great because I created you for greatness. Why? Because Abraham was created for his glory. We were created for his glory. So God didn't make Abraham great for his own glory, but he made him great for God's glory. See, your greatness reveals God's greatness. The greater things in your life. See, when you walked in and your marriage was broke, busted, and disgusted, and after the time and the situation where God begins to bring healing, and now your marriage is blessed and prosperous, that is for God's glory and God's greatness. And the people who knew you before, the people that said, man, I thought you were on the verge of divorce. Divorce, yeah, that was before God. But because I was willing to walk away and let go and let God. Now my marriage is thriving. My marriage is blessed. My marriage is prospering. See, he was saying, in other words, God is saying, I'm going to elevate you so then I can reveal myself through you. I can, I'm going to elevate your life, elevate your marriage. See, there are some people that will never dare to walk through the doors of Access Church. So the only message they'll ever see or hear is your life. And that's why God says, I need to make it great. I need to do something so great in your life that people have to stop and wonder, wait a minute, I thought you were going crazy. Yeah, I was, but that was before God did something great. I thought your marriage was on the verge of divorce. Yeah, but that was before God. I thought things were going downward. Yeah, that was before God. I thought you were losing everything, but that was before God. See, God needs to do something great in your life. So it is for his glory. Your greatness is for his glory. See, he was saying, Abraham, there are people that don't know me, but they know you. And I'm going to radically transform and bless your life so much that you can be an example and a testimony of what I can do. And that's why today he is known by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because God did something so great. Everybody knows him by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is why he can, he can, I can tell them that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the one that blessed you. I am the one that healed you. I am the one that restored you. I am, I am the one that did that in your life. See, God taking you to greater, a greater life, a greater marriage, a greater family, a greater blessing is not just for you, but it is for his glory.
because he wants to use your life as evidence of what he can do through a life that is submitted to him. See, people may never walk through that door. They may never take time to come. But God wants to do something so great in your life that they can't help but wonder and stop you and say, hey, you used to be so different. Why are you weird now? Oh, that's easy because I go to a weird church where there's a weird pastor, where there's weird people, and we do weird things. But you're so different now. You're smiling. I can't take the credit. It's because God did something greater in my life. See, that's why God needs you to let go so that he can use your life as evidence, as an example, as a testimony. When everybody else gave up on you, God did it. God said, there's purpose in you still. See something in you. But you've got to be willing to let go of the good. And you've got to be willing to let go of some junk. See, you can walk away from the good, but still take your junk with you. You put it in a knapsack, a backpack, and you're walking around with old things. And if you're going to walk in to greater in 2022, it's time to let it go. It's not easy. Put yourself in the disciples' chanclas just for a minute. They had no idea. They, they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what was going to lie ahead. They, they had responsibilities. Oftentimes we read these texts and we see them as fairy tales like the tooth fairy or Humpty Dumpty. Not realizing that these were real people in real situations with real responsibilities. And yet here this long-haired, bearded, hippie-looking dude says, drop your nets and follow me. And immediately they left everything and followed him. They didn't know what was to come. But they knew that it could only be greater. Because God will never call you out of something take you to a worse thing or a lesser thing. He's only going to call you to greater. And you know what? If God calls me and promises me greater, you know what? Then I want it. I don't want 2022 to be a year that goes by and reflect in December of 22 of the things that could have been because I wasn't willing to let go. See, some of you got to let some things go. Let some habits go. Let some friendships go that aren't really friends. They're parasites, but you call them friends. They drain you. Some relationships. Some habits. Some attitudes. It's time to let it go. See, some, some of you are, are like 
with walking with God, like when you go to the pool and you just stick your big toe in, right? And you come on Sunday and like, oh, it's good, Pastor, it's good, oh, it's good. But greatness will come from just dipping a toe. Greatness will only come when you're willing to go all in and surrender it all. And see, that's where some of you are. You haven't surrendered everything. Some say you treat God as a, relig- a weekly religious ritual or obligation. Well, I went to church. That's good. I'm going Monday through Saturday. I do my own thing. Can you imagine if Peter, James, and John would have said, Jesus, I'll follow you on Sunday. But, you know, Monday through Friday, I got responsibilities. I got to go fishing. I got to, you know, Peter said, I got to feed my suegra. But they had to let it go. And the reason I'm telling you this is because if you're willing to let it go, God will only lead you to something greater. It'll never be worse than where you're at right now. Because that's the goodness of God. Will you stand? Lord, I pray today that through the revelation of your word, God, that the your Holy Spirit would just begin to move and stir up within our hearts and our lives. Of those things that we need to let go of in 2022. Maybe they're people, relationships, habits, circles of friendship. God, that you would just begin to stir. And as we focus in, in this fast and Lord, that you would just continue to stir within our hearts, God, those things that we need to to walk away from and let go so that nothing would hinder or abstain your plans and your purposes for our life in 2022. Whatever it is, pride, pain, unforgiveness, Lord, I don't want anything to hinder what you want to do in my life. Lord, I want to let it go and let you have your will and take me to greater, a greater glory, a greater hope, a greater love, a greater family, a greater marriage, a greater joy. Everything, God, I surrender it all to you. Lord God, nothing of you in 2022. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you for joining us and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.